0: Welcome to This Side of 50 with your host, me, Milton K. Smith. Well, welcome, Podcast Universe, to the first episode of This Side of 50. It's March 1st. I want to thank you for joining. Did you know that today is my birthday? Yes, it is. I get to do the first episode on my birthday. You're joining me. You can shout out to me happy birthday because it's a great day. I am 50 something. God is good and he's been faithful. So once again, welcome to the first episode. I was sitting here, over the weeks over the days just thinking what should I talk about for the first episode what could I say uh, what's going through my mind something that would be you know fitting for my birthday for the first episode so here we go Christianity and politics because over the last few weeks months days we've heard a lot of noise a lot of talk about Christianity as it relates to politics. So things have just been running through my mind. I know questions have been running through your mind. You know, it seems like if you're a Christian, it's assumed or thought that you're voting uh, for Republican. If you're um, Christian, then it's assumed that we all think or that everyone that's a Christian has the same thought processes. And it's been very interesting, not demonizing anyone, not saying if you uh, voted Democrat, that you are not a Christian, but the narratives and the commentaries that we've been seeing over the last few weeks, few months have become very um, divisive to say the least. So I thought for a few moments, I would just talk with you and share some things that are on my mind uh, as it concerns Christianity and politics. So here's where I am. So I definitely, definitely do not believe that just because you are professing to be a Christian that you have to vote a particular political party. I really think that the discussion of Christianity and politics has gotten so far out of hand, so far away from, um, I'll use the word reality, that is ridiculous. How can you judge someone's relationship with God, someone's a spiritual uh, relationship or their religion based on how they vote in a particular election. All of us are different. All of us have our own views, our own concerns, our own issues. And to relegate one's salvation to a vote on a machine seems so uh, disturbing to me. Now, I I could, I'm not concerned whether you are a Christian uh, and you vote Republican or Christian and you vote Democrat, um, I think as a Christian, your obligation is first of all to vote. As an American citizen, your obligation is to vote. If you are an African-American citizen, uh, your obligation, your responsibility to is to vote. And, and saying that, um, there's a lot of discussion about um, race, and I, I'm, I'm probably going to jump ahead, a lot of discussion about race and how race is... Uh, being used um, to divide or to manipulate uh, people into who they should vote for, what political system they should uh, be um, aligned with to the point where some people say that race is unimportant and that we all belong to the human race. And you hear all those kind of things out there. I believe, honestly believe that if God, uh, if race wasn't important, God wouldn't have created us uh, with di- in different races. There wouldn't be different shades, different hues of people, different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds of people. We will all be the same and we will all have the same pedigree, the same lineage, and we will all just be like each other. But I think the beauty of what God has done is that, is that he has created diversity. Diversity and color, diversity and culture, diversity and social structures so that we could really learn to appreciate the creativity and the awesomeness, awesomeness of God's power. And just to get a glimpse of how his mind thinks. So I definitely think race is important. Now, when I say that race is important, I'm saying all races are important, that every culture, every racial ethnicity should celebrate who they are and their heritage and their lineage that one race is just as important as the other race and that we should come together and learn to celebrate each other and, um, celebrate our diversity. So having said that, I think the problem comes in when people want to gloss over certain things because they don't want to deal with it in Christianity. Christianity has a very hard problem dealing with race. Um, a very hard problem. No one wants to admit um, the racism that still exists in certain people, in certain systems in this country. Not all, definitely not all, not a majority, but there are still some systems and there are still some people who operate um, on some prejudged biases uh, based on things they've heard, things they have misconstrued or seen or whatever the case may be. And that's on both sides of the spectrum, Uh, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic or whatever, Asian, whatever your racial uh, makeup may be. There are people in every racial group that has some biases. And we must, uh, first of all, acknowledge that those things exist because you cannot resolve those if you say they do not exist and you choose to ignore them. Especially when it comes to Christianity, if we're going to be a religion or a a faith walk that embraces everyone, then we have to call out sin. We have to call out uh, inequalities and inequities uh, that we like to use the word iniquities for in every situation. And one of the problems we see, what we've seen in Christianity is the reluctance or the hazard to call out racism. We'll call out abortion. We'll call out uh, same sex marriage. We'll call out drinking. We'll call out all the things that um, we want to highlight as not being pleasing to God, according to uh, our biblical understanding. But we won't call out things that are um, as simple as racism and biases and discrimination. Now, having said that, I believe that God intended for us to love everybody equally. And I know we hear this phrase, love the person, but not the sin. But for most people, they have a hard time loving people and not judging them by their sins or whatever they may be caught up in. I think that's why God says all have sin and fall short. But this is not a, a biblical lesson today. We're just talking. Right. So I think, first of all, if we're going to resolve the issue of Christianity and politics, Christianity must first resolve the racism that's been embedded in Christianity and still exists in certain areas of Christianity. Even in the Bible itself, it has a uh, tendency and propensity to lean toward the, um, the okayness. That's a word I make up. So as you, as you follow me on this podcast journey, I'll probably make up a lot of words. So we, okayness is my new word, all right? I know it's not in Merriam-Webster dictionary, but if you check my dictionary, it's in there. Uh, the okayness of having slaves and uh, being Uh, subservient to your master. And a lot of times, especially in Christianity and its onset in the early uh, ages, early history of this country that we live in called America, certain scriptures were highlighted to bring uh, slaves under obedience, using God as the ultimate slave master, taskmaster, so to speak. And and then implying that if we are not um, obeying our master uh, here on Earth, our slave master, that we weren't being pleasing to God and manipulating people, which still exists in some of the teachings and things we hear today coming from the pulpit. Um, the, I call it the Nat Turner syndrome, where we use certain scriptures to manipulate and to arouse emotions and then get people to do what we want them to do. So that has to be called out. That has to be acknowledged. That has to be um, it has to be eradicated out of Christianity, whether you like it or not, not whitewash, not try to gloss over it, not say that it don't exist. it exists just like abortion, just like any other sin or inequality inequity in our spirit that we talk about it has to be it has to be addressed and until we dress that in Christianity, Christianity will suffer because it would not deal with every sin and all sins are equal, regardless. Of How you feel about it just because you're not doing it just because that's not something you have a proclivity for Or that you haven't been exposed to it doesn't make that sin worse uh, Than what you're doing lying cheating uh, backbiting Discrimination all that is a sin so Christianity and politics. So what did we see over the last few weeks? We saw numerous uh, Facebook posts and numerous uh, candidates um, senators representatives um, on the presidential, as the presidential campaign was going, uh, talk about harp on abortion and how as a Christian could you vote for a system or a party that's okay with abortions, and that was harped on so much. And, and I thought about something, because I find it very interesting, is that many of the people who talk about abortion, um, one, have never even experienced what a person goes through when that thought comes to their mind. I can share with you that years ago, my first child uh, was aborted. I was there with the mother when we made a decision to abort the child. Um, and it was not because I hated God. It wasn't because I was just some sinner who just wanted to uh, get rid of the evidence of what I had done. Uh, at that time, we both felt like we could not properly take care of a child. And we didn't want to bring a child into this world and have them suffer uh, from our mistakes. Now, that may have been the wrong decision. That's definitely not what God would have uh, wanted us to do or told us to do, but we made a decision and we had to repent for that decision. And then we promised each other at that time that if this happens again, that we're having the child, no matter what, that we were not ever gonna set foot back in this um, family planning or abortion clinic, whatever you wanna call it, on uh, uh, ever again. And while sitting there, there was no one in there rejoicing and happy and just checking off how many abortions they had because they just, you know, just something they just did as, as a pastime. No, there was a spirit of sadness. There was a spirit of death, so to speak in that room and nobody was happy. Nobody was smiling. No one was uh, rejoicing because of what they were doing. So I think um, the lack of understanding that some Christians have with what people go through sometimes is really interesting because we're supposed to be understanding and compassionate. The Bible says Jesus had compassion on people. And many Christians lack compassion because they want to seem so holy and so right um, that they just they just act like nobody um, can ever do anything that's wrong against God. And if you do, you just oh, you just you know, you intentionally want to do that. So I uh, haven't been through that experience. I know the mindset. I know the thoughts that go through your head. And most times, and I can't speak for everyone, it's not something that you want to do. You just think there's no better way uh, as to where you are. Doesn't make it right. It's just where your thoughts are at that time. But I challenge people uh, that are against abortion, which is uh, a good thing. If you don't, if that's your choice, then I ask, how many of you have actually signed up to be a foster parent? There are so many children in the foster system. I have people in my family that were in the foster system. My brother was in the foster care system. Um, how many people have signed up of those who? Are staunch opponents of abortion and against um, what people say is free will or having a choice. How many of you have actually signed up to be a foster parent? When was the last time you went down to Skid Row, you went down to a family planning clinic and saw a mother in there about to abort her child and said, Hey, sis, listen, I'll take care of your child. Don't have this abortion. When was the last time? Do you just sit behind a keyboard or get up in your pulpit or? whatever the case may be, and throw out great profound sayings that sound really great, but you really ain't doing nothing um, to fix the problem. And that goes into another uh, whole issue that I'll talk about later about um, the adopting children and families adopting, uh, wanting to adopt children. But I just want to put that out. The next time um, you begin to uh, talk about abortion and say that it's not right, Ask yourself, am I willing to go down to the family planning clinic and stop some sister um, from aborting that child and bring that child into my home? Am I willing to go down to foster care and pick one of those children up from foster care and say, I will give you a family? Well, I even put my name on the list? And until you've done something like that, you're saying a lot, but you're not doing anything. This is just my opinion and it's my podcast, so to speak. So that's one thought, right? My next thought. We talked about it already, slavery, that we have to call out slavery. Although the Bible uh, highlights slavery in certain instances, um, question is this right here, was slavery in the Bible the same as the slavery that people endured in the early history of this country? I say no, I say no, because the Bible never condones treating anyone less than a human, treating anyone less uh, than civilized. Although you may work for someone they're not your property and you don't treat them like your property and you don't belittle them and devalue them and do some of the horrific things we've seen throughout time um, and then try to condone it by using God's word, which is something totally different because everyone out here listening to me right now, we've all done some things uh, or we know someone who's done some things or said some things and try to justify it with the word of God, which is very interesting because we kind of use the word of God as a catch-all when we don't want to admit that we're wrong <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, so uh, Christianity and politics. So we saw abortion, we saw the debate about same-sex marriage and um, LG, um, LGBT, and I, I think I got that right. If not, no disrespect, um, but um, that community, the community, and, and and they were throwing that out. Now, I'm gonna say this your preference is your preference. And I believe everybody's on a journey, uh, to seek after God. And if you really seek after God, God will speak to your heart and God will tell you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible says that let the weak roll of the tear. And what I saw from Christians is just, um, I don't know how you would draw anyone to Christ with some of the things that were being said that we call righteous indignation. Um, very interesting. Um, if you with loving kindness, have I drawn them? You don't have to agree with anyone. You don't have to agree with anyone's decision. You don't have to agree with someone's decision to lie, someone's decision to steal, someone's decision to abort who they want to marry. But you should respect because the moment that you stop respecting, you are sinning. Jesus respected everyone. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he hung out with winebibbers and alcoholics, prostitutes, the people that. And the Pharisees and and Sadducees thought were just the worst of the worst. If you say that you are a Christian, if you say that you are, you know, someone who follows the Bible, you—he hung out with some people that were not uh, biblically (laughs) clean, so to speak. So, um, if you're going to be like Christ and you're a proponent of the Bible, then it would seem like you will have more compassion even in your advertisements, even in your making your statements that I call reckless sometimes that are not really relevant, but they're reckless, and you would show love and kindness to draw them, which is what Christ did. Something for you to think about um, for all of us, Christianity and politics. What else did I see? So we talked about those two things, we, well, three things, really, marriage and abortion, um, racism, uh, killings, killing of unarmed people, <clears throat> regardless of the color. Uh, we we saw a lot of that being highlighted by the news, and I understand that people want to say that the media is divisive. Uh, we this new term fake news, and I think it's interesting because we determine based on how we feel what's fake news. You know, if we don't like what's being said, if it doesn't fit our narrative, if it doesn't fit our political belief, then obviously it must be fake. <laughs> you know, whatever the case may be. You know, if it doesn't line up with what I think the Bible means or what I think the Bible says, then it must be fake. But I I, I would say that there shouldn't be a Christian out there who will be okay with anyone being shot, killed, that's unarmed. And I know it's a rough job. It's a tough job being a police officer. I understand. And I'm not saying it's intentional. I'm not even saying that it's racial. I'm just saying it's happening. And we have to address the problem. What can we do to stop this from happening? We cannot be a proponent pro-life for unborn child and become see come saw after that per child is born. We can't do that. We have to uh, be consistent. If, if you're going to be a Christian, you should be consistent. You know, God, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. It does not give any reason that someone should be killed. It does not. And I know you'll say that uh, it was done when David and everybody was fighting. You're not David and you're not fighting a battle for land. You're you're Jimmy, you're Robert, Bill, Brenda, uh, Lisa, whoever, whatever your name may be, Milton, whatever your name may be, uh, and the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. It's interesting how Christians take such, sometimes seem so excited about the weapons they have and what kind of firepower they have and what it can do to someone. And then they preach Christ, but they get excited about the uh, the possibility that if someone breaks into your house that you could do something. So I find that very interesting, to say the least. So that's just my thought, Christianity and politics. I guess at the end of the day, I think Christianity and politics should be two separate things, that you should be a Christian regardless of what, and not not regardless, but you should be a Christian, and your political stance should not be uh, impacted should not impact your Christianity, that you should have the freedom to believe what you want to believe politically and stand for what you want to stand for politically, but yet still be a Christian and understand that the Bible is the is the main source document of all that we do, all that we do that we shouldn't let political parties and political candidates divide us as christians I, I think Uh, And this thought just came to me. We talk about freedom of speech, freedom of speech. We all have freedom of speech. But just because I have freedom of speech doesn't mean I have the right to be reckless with what I say and be reckless in how I uh, voice my opinion. Um, That's different from freedom of speech. That's just being immature with no discipline, because everyone that's mature, uh, if you're trying to get your point across, uh, we all know it's not what you say, but how you say it. And if you take no thought into how you say and how you deliver your thoughts and your opinions, then you're probably not going to get that opinion or thought across. And the people you could have won to your side, you've now lost because your tone and your as I say, is so um, disheartening. So, you know, it just turns people off. I, I just wonder, well, you know, what, what's the thought behind it when you say things and you know when you say them. Uh, that it's going to create upheaval and confusion, why, why don't you try to tone it down and find a better way to say it? Well, the Bible says, once again, when we talk about Christianity. The Bible says, let your words be few and seasoned with grace. So why are you doing all this talking and have no grace with what you say? And, but you say that you are a Christian. You say uh, that, that you stand for what's right. It seems like you do stand for what's right sometimes <laughs> when it suits you and doesn't impact what you're doing. So just, just my thoughts about that Christianity and politics. Yes, you should vote. And yes, you have the right freedom of speech, freedom of choice. All those things that everybody has, everybody has Uh, the abortion. They have freedom of choice, freedom to make a decision. Uh, People have freedom of choice on who they want to marry in this country. People have freedom of speech and to take away anyone's freedom is to jeopardize everybody's freedom. I don't have to agree. You don't have to agree, but you don't have the right to disrespect, disregard, and be utterly um, obnoxious toward people, uh, and using your freedom while trying to take away theirs. You know, um, I believe if God is all-knowing, He knows exactly what's going on. You know, He knows exactly what's happening, and He's allowing it to happen for whatever reason. And maybe it's to mature something in you, so that you become more loving and more accepting of people, regardless of their views and how they see things. Remember, all of us are on a journey. All of us are trying to um, get to that place uh, in God, where we know him better than what we knew yesterday, especially if you are a Christian. And those who are non-Christian that are are listening, you're trying to get to that place of enlightenment, um, or whatever the case may be. Whatever your goal is, your destiny is from a spirituality standpoint, We're all on a journey, and that journey involves us being able to accept others as they are and not try to make them like we want them to be. So, uh, yeah, Christianity and politics is interesting. Uh, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen in the future because now we've started, we've opened up this Pandora's box, and we've made, and it seems like people are trying to draw lines in the sand that say, uh, if you're a true believer, (laughs) then you should be in this party, and if you're not, you're misguided, and you're in that party. It seems like people don't want to admit that when certain people, or when people say certain things, it was disrespectful, and although it may be a freedom of speech, you're wrong, and you shouldn't say that. Maybe it's because Christians don't want to have discipline themselves. They want to discipline everyone else, but not have any discipline. Maybe Christians like being reckless, and they feel like they sh- they have cart-blank to be reckless because of the Bible that they say they represent. That's an interesting thought. Well, anyway, I, I thank you for just listening to my thoughts. This is my first episode on my birthday. I'm excited about it, and I just want to get all that off my mind about Christianity and politics. I, I, I probably could say a lot more. Uh, a lot of things come to my mind, but listen, you can drop your comments and your thoughts about this Particular podcast, and maybe next week I'll address some of those questions and we'll continue this. Um, this discussion. So it's been really great just getting the chance to talk with you, getting the chance to become familiar with me and see how I think. I want to hear how you think as well. So email me at MKS Mike Kilo Sierra at Milton K org Drop me a line. You can go to my facebook page which is milton uh, k smith thd i like that you can go there and drop me a line be respectful now what's your opinion don't come for me on facebook (laughs) or twitter or whatever the case may be but email me if you're going to come for me email me (laughs) so it's been a pleasure i hope your week goes well i hope your month of march goes well great things are in store for you hey Keep listening. The next episode will be up soon, and you can download it right here on this particular hosting station. I love you guys. Thank you for joining. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to This Side of 50 with Milton K. Smith. Email me your comments, your questions, your thoughts. mks at miltonksmith.org. I look forward to hearing from you. I'll talk with you next time.